0: on all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price. Want to slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look, uh, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle pay the price. Want to slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look. Uh, easy money what up what up what up what up welcome to the ball do podcast this is your boy dexter your host the one and only welcome to another show if y'all watch game one and two i know y'all out there chirping talking about it's over well guess what Giannis came through again and the gang. And they blitzed this whole entire team from the tip. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about a game three that just went down in Milwaukee. I mean, a lot of y'all probably left at halftime when they're up by 15 points, but we'll dive into it. Man, it's good to be back. You know, I was out. A lot of people hitting me up talking about, hey man, where's game one? Where's game two? I apologize. I was out of the state for a little bit. You know what I mean? But I guarantee I'm gonna give you all. You know, Game Three, Game Four, and hopefully go on from there and see what happens. But I enjoyed the game. We finally got a series. It looks like nobody can really win on the road so far. But hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens because eventually somebody's gonna have to win. If not, it's gonna be it's gonna go to Game Seven. If that's the case, right? But we'll go ahead and dive into it. And before we all do that, I appreciate the support for everybody who's been watching and tuning in, listening to you on the podcast. As far as on the, on the audio route, or you watching on IGTV and, and YouTube, I can't thank y'all enough. I appreciate it. And if you are new to the channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification, and then give me a thumbs up on it as well, because it does help out a lot. Really, it does. It pushes the content to the top. Like I said, if you can't watch this on YouTube or IGTV, we're on the audio as well. All the links are in the bottom. Glad to have you on the show. So let's get, let's just go ahead and dive into it because there's a lot to be said, you know, all I've been hearing about, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks is that Giannis ain't that good and all this flack and yada, yada, yada. And it's just mind boggling that people can actually think that Giannis is not even a great player at all. Like, like people are, you know, people are over here, you know, trying to say that what, how he won his MVP was a hack in a sense because all he was doing is dominating the paint. Well, that's the name of the game. Your name is the score, regardless of where it's at, right? I mean, the game has changed. Now everybody wants to shoot threes and look sexy, right? Because it looks good, right? You get the ahs and the oohs and all this stuff from the crowd, right? But the name of the game still exists. The na- the ball has to go in the bucket. I don't see no other way. So, Giannis, all that hate the people are getting from you, man. I can see it now for real. But let's go ahead and just dive into the game. Because we got a lot to you know a lot to talk about. But the Milwaukee Bucks, they came out with the mission in game three. It was simple. Game one and game two, they were just shooting from the perimeter. Besides Giannis, yeah, he took a couple 3 point attempts or you know, a couple of 20 footers, whatever it may be. But the, yeah, they got they they kind of just like finessed away from who they really are, their identity. The Bucks are, let me explain it to you very simple. They dominate in the paint. Giannis leads the you know the points in the paint. Like they they just dominate and they can shoot they can shoot threes as well, but you Giannis needs to do that first before they can actually shoot out. So they they're, they're more like inside out, not the opposite around. The so they finally went back to their calling card. Thank God. I mean I was harping at it. I was like, man, game one, game one. I get it. Giannis came back from a hyperextended knee, hasn't played like in a week, hasn't had any really no competitive uh, 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 practices on the court. Yada yada yada. Comes in. He was just trying to get a feel of his knee. He's trying to see how his body's going to react. Okay, game two, he shows out, drops 40 points, right? And he drops 20 alone in the third quarter. And he was trying to carry the team because Middleton had 11 points in all of game two. And you're supposed to be the Robin. And you're supposed to be that guy to help Giannis out, right? Doesn't show up. Holiday doesn't show up. The, The rest of the guys, Bobby Portis doesn't show up. Like, overall, the team didn't play good, but Giannis did. Like, how... In in the two games, let me let me just give you a, a fun fact on this one. In two games, when Giannis is on the court, they're plus twenty six as far as game one and game two, before coming into game three, right? But when Giannis sits down, they're like negative like seventy five or seventy seven. That just tells you like how important he is to the team. So when people try to kill him on that. It's insane. And the Bucks, they're eight and one in 8-1 in the playoffs or the postseason so far up to the NBA Finals as far as being at home. But they they suck on the road. They, they, <laughs> they have a losing record. They're 5-6. and six. So, they yeah, you know, Coach Bund- uh, Coach Bud, you got to figure that out quick because if you can't win one of these games on the road, the Suns will win in either game, uh, game seven or what it may be. So figure that stuff out. But they, they play good at home, so it's hard to win. And as you can see, like the young corp, Of the Phoenix Suns, like they kind of like, they was rattled by the crowd. It was so loud. There was so much energy in that arena. Like, even from the outside, I don't know if you've seen Deer District on the outside, 20,000 fans deep, and you got 16,000 fans in the arena. Like, you can feel like the floor moving. It's crazy. So, some of the guys didn't show up at all. I mean, a couple guys, some did. Like, DA played good, he was in foul trouble. Cam, I think Cameron Johnson played well off the bench. But Devin Booker, we'll talk about that later on though for sure. But yeah, they 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 dominate every single quarter in, 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 uh, in game three. Game, especially game uh quarter, quarter, uh, the third quarter. Sorry about that. The third quarter, they dominated from the like they dropped 30-something points. Yet in the third quarter, like they came out, you know, with, like, shooting shots from, from threes, uh, taking the lead. I mean, they, they kinda just blew this whole game on the third quarter. I mean, they, they smelled blood in the water and they went for it. So you gotta tip your head off to the Bucks. They dropped thirty thirty six points or so, whatever it is. I think they had a twenty six four run starting at the end of the quarter going to the fourth quarter. So it's crazy. But like, like I said about Middleton, eleven points in the game two. It's unbelievable how I don't know how you still talked about to be the Robin. It should be holiday in a sense. But, yeah, man, today you played you played okay today subpar in my sense. I mean, in, in my opinion, 18 points, like seven rebounds or so. That's okay. You get it passed on certain nights. But Drew Holiday is the factor. Drew Holiday was a guy who pretty much was orchestrating, getting people open. As far as finding them, like, you know, those, he was diving into the paint, kicking out, kicking out, kicking out, finding shooters in the wings. If not, he was going to the basket himself. So he was being aggressive from the from the beginning, especially in the third quarter, where he went on a, just a, he, he was just lights out. He was shooting, like, you know, three-pointers from God knows where, contested shots. I mean, he was just going bonkers. Like, he had the green light for sure. Lights out for sure for uh, Drew Holiday in the third quarter. Big ups to him because he needed that. Because game two, he kind of just kind of disappeared uh, from that. But the Bucks. They blitzed the Suns in the third quarter. Like I said, this kind of opened up the whole floodgates, you know, going into the fourth quarter. Third quarter, going into halftime, it was tie 15. They're, I mean, they're up by 15 points, the Milwaukee Bucks. And they just ballooned this. I think the hot the biggest lead was 25 points, I believe. But yeah, the third quarter, you can just kind of see when, when DeAndre Andy gone found foul trouble and had to sit down with his fourth foul. They brought in Frank Kaminsky. I'll go and speak about that in a little later on when I talk about the Suns. But that, that didn't work out, obviously, and then they went small. They went with a bunch of guards. I think Jay Crowder played the five, and you had Cameron Johnson the four, but how you should to stop those guys as far as Giannis and Brooke Lopez, who they kind of dived into the paint at that point when they saw a smaller lineup. It's crazy how Giannis, with a hyperextended knee, is playing at the level he is right now. He dropped 40 points in back-to-back games with double digits rebounding. Like just let that sit in for a second. Let that sink in. Back-to-back 40-point games, double-digit rebounds. The only person, the only person, I think it's the third time that ever happened in the NBA Finals history, period, in a game where they're back-to-back games. LeBron James in 2016, when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we all know what happened because, you know, the whole situation with the the Warriors, right? Then Shaq in two thousand with the Lakers. So he's in, like he's dominant, just like those guys. But he doesn't get the same respect by the fans in a sense because of they're saying that oh he's a hack. He 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 just goes inside all day and he just bangs on people and he's just too too tall. He's too, you know he, he's too he's too athletic. He's too long, whatever it may be. Like doesn't matter on your physique. LeBron James came in 6'8", and he blew people out the water. It's like, oh, my God, that guy can run that fast like a gazelle? 6'8", LeBron James, athletic, coast to coast? If you don't know, watch LeBron James' early years, his first eight years in Cleveland. That guy was running havoc on the league. But everybody was giving him his props and his dues. But Giannis, nah. So I mean, all that that hate got to stop, like, for real. But third time, he's the third player in history to actually do that, 40-piece. Back to back games and with a double double. Uh Giannis was was so effective in game three, he went back to his repetition. Like he went back to what he was known for, being dominating the paint. Like out of the 40 points, 24 of them came in the paint. Like that has never happened. actually timeout. Mm-hmm. Run that back. It did happen. It only happened twice. And it for me looking at it again, it's the same two guys I just mentioned a few seconds ago. LeBron James. And Shaq. Giannis finished 24 points in the restricted area. Time for the most in the NBA Finals game in the last 25 years. Matching LeBron James and Shaquille O'Neal. So keep doing your thing, Giannis, because if you go away from this, if the Bucs go away from this, you pretty much giving the Suns the title on a dinner plate. Like it like I like, if you're so dominant and you're so effective, and, you, and and the Suns cannot, first of all, the Suns cannot even guard Giannis at all. Like, there's no man on that team that can guard him 48 minutes. Or if he does play 48 minutes, but he won't. But if he plays 40 minutes in that game or so, there's no person that can guard him. And the great thing about how it works for the Bucks, as you can see, they pull out D.A. from the Suns. DeAndre Aiden at the paint, because he got to guard who? He has to guard Brooke Lopez, who's in the perimeter, or Bobby Porter's, who's in the perimeter. So that means he would have to be out 18, 20 feet, or whatever it may be. He can't be the help side guy. So the help side guy is going to be who? Your wingers, right? Your guards, who Giannis has like five or six inches over, in some cases, eight inches over, whatever it may be. And he's just going to go over the top. And he's going to go buy Jay Craddell all day. He's going to back him down and paint all day. He can rise over him all day. So if that worked for you in game three, continue that in game four. Like, don't go away. Like, shoot perimeter shots when you have open shots. But not that shouldn't be the script of the game. That shouldn't be your game plan. So Giannis, I know he's going to keep doing his things, but how you score 40 points, or, yeah, 40 points in game three, all within five feet, all of them are either dunks, layups, or free throws. He did not attempt a jump shot or a shot a past five feet from the basket. So no perimeter shots at all in game three. And he was just dominant. Shooting 65%. Like, that just tells you. Like, if you're so effective, in a sense, right, Giannis? Why shoot threes? Why be out there and try to make them curious? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Make that shot. Like, I wouldn't be doing it. If they can't stop you, let me drop 50 next game. Why not? Because Shaq would do the same thing. If LeBron smiles blood in the water, he will do the same thing. If you can keep on us all day, he can do the same thing. So keep doing your thing, G-Man, the Greek freak. Because I'm telling you right now, no one can stop you at all. And yeah, he went to the free throw line 17 times. 17 times. I'm going to bring that up in a second too about that. 17 attempts from the free throw line, he made 13 of those. So he shot well. It's crazy how the crowd is not counting. One, as far as like the opposite crowd, right, the opposing crowd. One, two, like the whole stadium, right, like the whole Atlanta Hawks just started a whole new wave of how to distract players from the from the free throw line, specifically Giannis. The whole one, two, three count because you don't allow you don't allow ten seconds at the free throw line to shoot. If not, they blow a whistle, you lose that attempt. They, the whole stadium is making sure that the refs don't miss that. So they're all chatting at the same time, like simultaneously like, together. One, two, three, four, and it kind of got to him a little bit in game one and the game two. But man, it's, it's crazy when you're playing on home court and it's quiet. Like you can drop a needle, and ain't no one talking. Like you can hear it, and he makes 13 out of 17. So if if Giannis does that, he's gonna be very effective. He's gonna be so he's gonna be so dominant that he might even like just average. Damn near 40 points. Because right now he's averaging, what, 35 points so far in three games? Man, that's crazy. Drop another 40 for me, G-Man. But I'm going to go ahead and play this clip. Like I just mentioned about his free throw attempts. And I said hello on one second. I'm going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to play this clip by Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. What he had to say about this. Run that clip. going to get into the... Complaining publicly about fouls, just not going to do that. But you can look, you know, we had 16 free throws tonight. One person had 17. So, you know, DA is, we got to learn from that. We got to beat guys to the spot. And uh, he'll grow from this. Uh, I I, I promise you he will. Yeah, you see see, see that right there? So, Monty Williams was not complaining about officiating, he didn't want to go there. And obviously we respect Monty Williams, class A guy, but obviously he's just counting. I mean, he's publicly counting, let people know. Like, Like, you know, plant a seed in your head. I'm not complaining, but I'm just letting you know, based on the numbers, like our team shot 16 free throws combined, but Giannis shot 17 by himself. So, I mean, that's not complaining to me, just letting people know. Just a numbers game. Just counting out publicly. That's all. But, yeah, going back to Giannis, because this is pretty much about him. He was, you know, everybody's talking about Giannis in game three. And the camp, obviously, you give him some credit, too. But, man, I mean, Bobby Porter showed up, too. You know, you had guys shooting the ball like Pat. You know, you had uh, uh, Drew Holiday doing his thing. He was sizzling in the third quarter. You had Middleton, who dropped 18 points in the whole entire game, but he dropped nine quick in the first half. Like, they were trying to give him the ball, but the whole entire show was about Giannis or Giannis because he came out the ball. I mean, like I said, you know, the Bucks, they were up by 15 points, and then they blew this to, like, what? They ended the game by winning by 20. And Giannis put his stamp on the whole entire game. It was all about him. You know, like, I think in the three games he played, I've seen this stat on NBA TV, but I might be wrong. But in three games, Giannis scored more than 100 points or so. In the first career NBA Finals, three games. Excuse me. And the only people to actually do that, I think it was like Iverson. You had – there might be a couple other guys, but I'll I'll plaster, you know, the little picture right here. But to drop 100-plus points in three games – that, 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 that's crazy. It only happened four times in history. I know AI is on there. I know uh, Reed is on there as far as Reed from the Knicks back in 73. Uh, I might be missing somebody else, but I, I'm going to plaster it up for you for sure. But credit to the Bucks for uh, competing from the tip. They competed. They got kills. Let, let, let me run that back again. Hold on one second. The Bucks were getting slaughtered. Not killed. They were getting slaughtered by the pick and roll by the Phoenix Suns. And if you watch carefully every single possession for the Suns in game one and game two, the reason why they dominated that pick and roll is so tricky is because 90% or 99% of the league, besides the Phoenix Suns, when they get that pick and roll, the Phoenix Suns shoot mid-ranges. While everybody else is going to shoot either threes or they're going to go to the basket and try and create a closer shot within five feet, either a floater, a layup, a dunk, or alley-oop, or might get fouled right? The Phoenix Suns, they're in that gray area where the big man is trying to sag back. Whoever that that, that, that hedge screen is going to be is going to sag back to the paint and that leaves enough space for them to create and they're really good mid-range shooters as far as Chris Paul and Devin Booker but they came out. The Bucks came out in game three. I mean, they're competitive on every single screen. They're competitive in transition. They're competitive in every shot. I mean, loose balls. You can transitions on both sides, either offensive transition or defense transition, like they were so dominant. They they played the game like they were desperate in a sense, because game three said this about this before in a couple episodes in the back in the past, that game three is so p- uh, 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 pivotal that you, ha- if you lose game three, like you losing a series Like game three is as probably the closest game to worry about than game seven. So, like, game seven, yeah, obviously, game seven, you know, you have to win games because that's the last game. But game three, to me, is the most important game of the series or second to the most important game in the series, in my, in my opinion, is because most teams who win game three tend to win the series. And that's, that's facts. So you can look it up yourself. So, imagine if the Phoenix Suns came into your house and beat you in your house, they're up 3-0. A lot of teams don't come back from a 3-0. I mean, t- some teams came back from a 3-1 deficit. I think only one team came back from a 3-1 deficit in the mid-finals, which is LeBron James and company when he's in Cleveland. But 3-0, that's hard. And that means you would have to win the next, what, four games? You do have to win game four, five, six, and seven, and those two games are on the road, and your record is 5-6 so far, Bucks. Yeah, it's kind of hard, but they play great, man. You got to tip your head off, give them a lot of credit. I mean, like I said, they compete on everything, every screen, they challenged them, they bumped them, they were more physical than the Suns for sure. Like they banged with those guys. They kind of let them know, like, hey, this ain't gonna continue going on. And as the series goes on, whatever you did in game one and game two, it gets old quick. They figure stuff out. Every team does that. Unless you're getting swept. Right? But if you've been competitive like the Bucks, to me, they're more physical than the Suns, even from the like from getting from game one, even from the previous times. They've been always been a physical team. Suns just happened to be better shooting, at the you know at the three point line, which is the big difference in the four games they had played, or sorry, the five games they had played all season long. You understand? So far, they're four and one. They played two games in the season. Suns won. First game, one and two, they won. So, yeah, man. Um, continue doing the thing, Milwaukee. But this is crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna read something for you. The last time the Bucks won an NBA Finals game. It was game six in 1974. (laughs) So today's game, game three, they haven't won a game in damn near like, what, 50 something years? That's crazy. That's the longest gap between wins in the NBA finals by any franchise of all time. That is bonkers. I mean, there's some teams out there that probably having like Sacramento, you know, who knows? But like there's teams out there, but as far as up to this point, Milwaukee, that's crazy to even hear that. But like I said, you know they're, they're more physical uh, you know, with the Suns, so we'll see how the Suns will you know, bounce back. But let's go ahead and talk about the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, I'm reading stats for you. Phoenix Suns made 23s in game two. We're up by 20 or more points in game two. And that's how they won because they kept killing by the three-point line. And the Suns are so dangerous at shooting threes as much as they are running in transition. And guess what happened? Milwaukee took them out. They only shot six three-pointers tonight. Credit to the you know the Malky Bucks defense. They only had six points in transition. Credit to the Bucks offense scoring points and also getting offensive rebounds and second chance points. And then when they don't get that, and let's say the Suns get the rebound, they run back on defense and they get to their guys quick. So you got you to give them a lot of credit. Like they, they cut two things of your your strengths and made those weaknesses in Game Three. I know that's gonna ha- not gonna happen in Game Four. They're going to definitely shoot better, and they're, uh, uh, they're going to be better in the transition as far as in the offense. But, yeah, the Suns shot 9 for 31 tonight. Woo! That's not good. They struggled from the 3. Like I said, credit to the Bucks defense. John Jay Aiden was in foul trouble pretty much in the second quarter, in the fourth quarter. He got 3 in the second quarter, and then he got his 4th one in the third quarter early on. So they had to bench him. They had to go small, bringing Jay Crowder. And if not Frank Kaminsky, Frank Kaminsky is not that guy. I'm sorry. That's why they went away from him and put Jay Crow at the five and bring Cameron Johnson to four, but yeah, man, they're missing Darius Sarge. Darius Sarge can stretch you out as far as he could be playing the five. He can also rebound. Also, he's a little bigger, physical than uh, Frank Kaminsky. I want to say better, def- probably not better defensive rebounder, but he can better. He's a better box out. He's a better playmaker. He can dribble on a certain occasion. So missing him with the ACL because he tore his ACL on Game Two. It's going to be huge. It's going to be an effect in the game four, game five, how many games he may go on to, game seven. So missing Darius Sarge is a big miss for the Phoenix Suns. Hopefully, you know, DeAndre don't get in foul trouble. But if he does, they're going to resort into DA, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Frank Kaminsky or Jay Crowder. So hopefully that doesn't even happen at all. But I want to talk about Devin Booker. Devin Booker, you got to shoot better, bro. You got to shoot better, man. You can't shoot three for 17 like you did tonight and end it with 10 points. That's not going to get you wins. And I know all your shots are tough. All your shots are contested. And I know you're a professional. And I know you're going to definitely try to play better in game four. But, like, you can't have these laps because you are the scorer. Like, you're the best scorer on the court on both sides. And it's not even close to the next person. But the Phoenix Suns, they need your scoring. You got to average 20-plus points. Let me give you the big three, uh, what they scored tonight. You had CP3 or 19 points. You got to do better, bro. Aiden had 18 points. That's solid. I expect that from him regardless of if he's in foul trouble or not. He can give you 18 points or more. D-Book had 10 points, grand total 10 points. So if you look at those numbers, that's terrible. So you look at the others to kind of score for you. That's not going to help. Yeah, so Devin Booker has to play it better. 10 points. I mean, that's clearly by what? His worst offensive performance in the postseason from what I recall. No, no, damn, no, that's for sure his worst offensive performance in the in this in the postseason. No argument about that. I, I'm thinking about other games, but yeah, he played terrible. He played terrible tonight. So yeah, they definitely have to get him early going on in game four. Easy shots, easy baskets, get his momentum going. Then once he gets hot, we know how hot he can get. He'll he he just go he'll go ape. You know what? He'll go ape shit on you guys in a sense. But yeah, but I, I just hope. Monty Williams plays Cameron Johnson more because that guy, to me, is a playmaker. He's an impact player. Like, the Duke can come in and just posterize on you like he did on P.J. Tucker. Run that clip for me right now. Like, he just came. Bro, he got the ball from, like, I guess the defense uh, on the on the opposite side of the court. He's running full speed. Bro, open C like Moses did to the Red Sea, and he just banked on uh, P.J. Tucker. And P.J. Tucker looking at the Reds like, what? That's a charge. No, it's not a charge. That was a block. Matter of fact, it's a poster. Put that on the milk carton, man. That was crazy. Yeah, man. They need to play him more, though, for sure. And let me tell you guys something, man. For the ones that think that this was going to be a cakewalk, for all you people who was hitting me up on AZ like it's a wrap, Suns in four, Suns in four, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. The Bucks is the real team. This is going to probably be your toughest competition because when they, when they come out swinging, this is what's going to happen. So you got to give Milwaukee the credit and their district is lit. AZ right now, people are back in AZ right now that I know are like, damn, we just woke him up because all he's been hearing in game one and in between game one and game two and after game two, before he left Arizona. So they were there for like, what, four or five days, what it may be. All he's been hearing is, is, oh, Giannis ain't that good. Or the Malky Bucks can't beat us. Or Sun's in four. That gets to somebody. Now you woke walking the beast. Because so far, you can't stop, dude. So for all the ones out there, man, y'all did this to Giannis. Y'all did this to Milwaukee. So, you you know, be careful what you wish for. For real. Because I just think that y'all woke the beast. The guy now clearly sees what I can do at a high clip compared to like with my struggles. So yeah, that's it, man. Game four, we're gonna definitely dive into game four. Hopefully it's gonna be a competitive game both sides. Cause I don't want to see no lopsided wins. Every single game so far has been what, 10 plus points or more by the winning team. So it's not even been, it hasn't been interesting at all. As far as like, I love the game, but I like to see neck to neck games go down to the wire. Who is the consistent team? Who has the you know the Webus to win those games? So until then, I promise you I'll be back for Game Four. I'll be dropping that a couple of days when the, when the game ends. Until then, I'll see y'all next time, man. Y'all stay safe, man. Peace.